Section twenty of the Letters of Jane Austen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letter forty six. Henrietta Street, Thursday, September sixteenth, after dinner. Thank you, my dearest Cassandra, for the nice long letter I sent off this morning. I hope you have had it by this time, and that it has found you all well, and my mother no more in need of leeches. Whether this will be delivered to you by Henry on Saturday evening, or by the postman on Sunday morning, I know not, as he has lately recollected something of an engagement for Saturday, which perhaps may delay his visit. He seems determined to come to you soon, however. I hope you will receive the gown to-morrow, and may be able with tolerable honesty to say you like the colour. It was bought at Grafton House, where, by going very early, we got immediate attendance and went on very comfortably. I only forgot the one particular thing which I had always resolved to buy there, a white silk handkerchief, and was therefore obliged to give six shillings for one at Crook and Bresford's, which reminds me to say that the worsteds ought also to be at Shorten to-morrow, and that I shall be very happy to hear they are approved. I had not much time for deliberation. We are now all four of us young ladies sitting round the circular table in the inner room writing our letters while the two brothers are having a comfortable doze in the room adjoining. It is to be a quiet evening, much to the satisfaction of four of the six. My eyes are quite tired of dust and lamps. The letter you forwarded from Edward, Jr., has been duly received. He has been shooting most prosperously at home, and dining at Chilham Castle with Mr. Scudamore. My cap is come home, and I like it very much. Fanny has one also. Hers is white sarsenet and lace, of a different shape from mine, more fit for morning carriage wear, which is what it is intended for, and is in shape exceedingly like our own satin and lace of last winter, shaped round the face exactly like it, with pipes and more fullness, and a round crown inserted behind. My cap has a peak in front. Large full bows of very narrow ribbon, old tuppenny, are the thing. One over the right temple, perhaps, and another at the left ear. Henry is not quite well. His stomach is rhythm deranged. You must keep him in rhubarb, and give him plenty of port and water. He caught his cold farther back than I told you, before he got to Matlock, somewhere in his journey from the north, but the ill effects of that, I hope, are nearly gone. We returned from Grafton House only just in time for breakfast, and had scarcely finished breakfast when the carriage came to the door. From eleven to half-past three we were hard at it, we did contrive to get to Hans Place for ten minutes. Mrs. T. was as affectionate and pleasing as ever. After our return, Mr. Tilson walked up from the Compting House and called upon us, and these have been all our visitings. I have rejoiced more than once that I bought my writing-paper in the country. We have not had a quarter of an hour to spare. I enclose the eighteenpence due to my mother. The rose-colour was six shillings, and the other four shillings per yard— there was but two yards and a quarter of the dark slate in the shop, but the man promised to match it, and send it off correctly. Fanny bought her Irish at Newton's in Leicester Square, and I took the opportunity of thinking about your Irish, and seeing one piece of the yard wide at four shillings, and it seemed to me very good, good enough for your purpose. It might at least be worth your while to go there, if you have no other engagements. Fanny is very much pleased with the stockings she has bought of Remington, silk at twelve shillings, cotton at four shillings threepence. 
she thinks them great bargains, but I have not yet seen them, as my hair was dressing when the man and the stockings came. The poor girls and their teeth! I have not mentioned them yet, but we were a whole hour at Spence's, and Lizzie's were filed and lamented over again, and poor Marianne had two taken out after all, and the two just beyond the eye-teeth, to make room for those in front. When her doom was fixed, Fanny, Lizzie, and I walked into the next room, where we heard each of the two sharp and hasty screams. The little girl's teeth I can suppose in a critical state, but I think he must be a lover of teeth and money and mischief to parade about Fanny's. I would not have him look at mine for a shilling a tooth and double it. It was a disagreeable hour. We then went to Wedgwood's, where my brother and Fanny chose a dinner-set. I believe the pattern is a small lozenge in purple, between lines of narrow gold, and it is to have the crest. We must have been three-quarters of an hour at Grafton House, Edward sitting by all the time with wonderful patience. There Fanny bought the net for Anna's gown, and a beautiful square veil for herself. The edging there is very cheap. I was tempted by some, and I bought some very nice plaiting lace at three shillings and fourpence. Fanny desires me to tell Martha, with her kind love, that Birchall assured her there was no second set of hooks lessons for beginners, and that, by my advice, she has therefore chosen her a set by another composer. I thought she would rather have something than not. It costs six shillings. With love to you all, including Triggs, I remain, yours very affectionately, J. Austen. Letter 47 Godmersham Park, Thursday, September 23rd. My dearest Cassandra, thank you five hundred and forty times for the exquisite piece of workmanship which was brought into the room this morning while we were at breakfast, with some very inferior works of art in the same way, and which I read with high glee, much delighted with everything it told, whether good or bad. It is so rich in striking intelligence that I hardly know what to reply to first. I believe finery must have it. I am extremely glad that you like the poplin. I thought it would have my mother's approbation, but was not so confident of yours. Remember that it is a present. Do not refuse me. I am very rich. Mrs. Clement is very welcome to her little boy, and my congratulations into the bargain, if you ever think of giving them. I hope she will do well. Her sister in Lucina, Mrs. H. Gipps, does too well, we think. Mary P. wrote on Sunday that she had been three days on the sofa. Sacri does not approve it. Well, there is some comfort in the Mrs. Hulbart's not coming to you, and I am happy to hear of the honey. I was thinking of it the other day. Let me know when you begin the new tea and the new white wine. My present elegances have not yet made me indifferent to such matters. I am still a cat if I see a mouse. I am glad you like our new caps, but Fanny is out of conceit with hers already. She finds that she has been buying a new cap without having a new pattern, which is true enough. She is rather out of luck to like neither her gown nor her cap, but I do not much mind it, because besides that I like them both myself, I consider it as a thing of course at her time of life, one of the sweet taxes of youth to choose in a hurry and make bad bargains. I wrote to Charles yesterday, and Fanny has had a letter from him to-day, principally to make inquiries about the time of their visit here, to which mine was an answer beforehand, so he will probably write again soon to fix his week. I am best pleased that Cassie does not go to you. 
Now, what have we been doing since I wrote last? The Mr. K.'s came a little before dinner on Monday, and Edward went to the church with the two seniors, but there is no inscription yet drawn up. They are very good-natured, you know, and civil and all that, but are not particularly superfine. However, they ate their dinner and drank their tea, and went away, leaving their lovely Wadham in our arms, and I wish you had seen Fanny and me running backwards and forwards with his breeches from the little chintz to the white room before we went to bed, in the greatest of frights, lest he should come upon us before we had done it all. There had been a mistake in the housemaid's preparation, and they were gone to bed. He seems a very harmless sort of young man, nothing to like or dislike in him, goes out shooting or hunting with the two others all the morning, and plays at whist, and makes queer faces in the evening. End of section 20